some of your friends. <laughs> You're making sick, you will. <laughs> Behaving like that. There's only one way to eat a brace of conies. Imagine all this What's it doing? Stupid fat Hamlet. Welcome to Sonic Bites, the freewheeling conversation and interview series for the eclectic music lover. This week, we talk about why artists cover songs and what makes a good cover. From Whitney Houston's cover of Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You, to Lemonhead's cover of Simon and Garfunkel's Mrs. Robinson, we pick out the best of the best and the worst of the worst and uncover the surprising importance of covering songs over time. What do you think about songs being covered by other artists? Drop us a comment on YouTube, Twitter or Instagram and let us know what some of your favourite cover songs are. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would mean the absolute world if you could follow us on Spotify, Anchor FM or Stitcher or like our videos on YouTube as it goes a long way to helping the show and allowing us to make more freewheeling content. We hope you enjoy it. Bob, Bob dealing, freewheeling. Are there any other things that are freewheeling in music? Um, Free jazz? Free jazz is very freewheeling. I was um, freewheeling. Oh God, I had a guitar and, and, lesson this week from oh. a, a fantastic uh, teacher called John Morelli. Um, who's played with people like Ginger Baker and he's played with BB um, King's bassist, he told me. Um, oh, jeez, how old is he? And he's, uh, he's in his, he's 63, he said. Mm. He said he's been, he's obviously been playing a while. Not um, sure if that should be publicly me, disclosed information, but sure. <laughs> he played me some of his free jazz stuff that he did sort of 20 years ago. And like, Damn. yeah, it's very freewheeling. Like, it's just all over the place in mm. terms of like rhythm and melody and the whole lot. It's like interesting, yeah. to, like it's fascinating to listen to, but it's like way out there, sort of mm. not in... Um, if if you're list, if you're used to listening to commercial music and then you listen to free jazz, it's kind of like it just disobeys all the rules that you sort of that have been built into your head over the years. Yeah, it's um, like it's like listening to like a Love Supreme or um, Pitcher's Brew by Miles Davis, and then you're just like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this is it, it. Sort of breaks some rules, but um, yeah, it, you just can't comprehend it at the time. You know? Yeah, it's like me. I feel with like every time I do it, like I feel like my mind was kind of like this you know mm. with like the filter of like commercial yeah. music and then like you get free jazz and it just sort of whoosh and mm. like it just opens up like what's yeah possible to record musically yeah. and it you just can, you know you, you can play a shot for over a over a tonic chord and just stay there for <laughs> yeah just for, for the whole you know for like five minutes it's yeah. fine yeah. um because it's free jazz man oh that's, that's that's awesome i mean th- these are some of your first guitar lessons as a self-taught musician right Yes, yeah. yes, they are. Um, mm. So it's really interesting to have someone sort of considering I've got a really sort of, I call it like a bastardized version of sort of musical theory and kind of, you know, like as you would if you teach yourself sort of things. Like, so everything's sure. kind of, it makes sense to me. Um, but then to sort of have someone else explain it in another way is really interesting as well. And obviously just to give, you know, to, to offer 40 plus more years of experience, 38 mm. years of experience more than... Um, you know, than I've had, which is really, really nice as well. Yeah, exactly. I, I think there's a difference between like just learning how to play an instrument and trying to stretch yourself beyond what you've already learned. There's like two different, totally different teaching styles in this. Exactly. Um, it's kind of like if, um, say, my, I've been playing guitar for so about 11 years now. I started when I was 14. Um, yeah, just over 11 years. And like all of that is a color. Like if the whole thing is red, 
for example, you know, mm. or like, and all the stuff that I learn is red. Then no matter how much I learn, like it's always going to be red. Got, there's yeah. loads of different shades of red. There's loads it of different ways red. you can use red. You can mix red in different, you know, quantities of red, et cetera, et cetera. But like, it's still only all red. All the hues, all the hues. Whereas, yeah, and you've got all the hues of red, you know, all the colors, blue is my favorite color, all the colors of blue. But then if someone else comes in, it's like, oh, by the way, there's this thing called like green. And you're just sort of like, oh my God, like oh what? My God. Like there's a whole other color that you never, <laughs> that, that, like I wouldn't have been able to conceptualize had mm. I just been stayed red the whole time, you know? Fair, or like, yeah. or like, you know, if, if you were moving in two dimensions the whole time and then someone's like, oh, by the way, there's depth as well. And you're like, oh my God, like mm. there's yeah. stuff, you know, I can, I can see things like in, you know, 3D kind of thing. It's that sort of thing. Yeah, which is really there's, cool. There's always there's always more to learn. There's always more dimensions and more colors to uncover and more add things to add to your uh, creative palette, so to mm. speak. Yeah. Uh, anyway, how's your? Is that has that been the highlight of your week? Um, mm. Well, we had quite a nice highlight as well, didn't we? We um, we rec- we've uh, recorded and released a gig uh, well, for speak well, out released sessions. at the point that we released the podcast. Yeah. So, but we would advertise this gig to you. But unfortunately, it's already happened <laughs> to the future you. <laughs> um, the future but yeah, we, we did record a gig in the basement for a live stream, which is raising money for Black Minds Matter, um, the charity. And I think the UK version of it, I think there's a version of it in the US as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just um, giving a free support to um, um, to black communities and black individuals um, on mental health, which is a really great cause, I think. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's nice to be able to do something with music that's kind of directly trying to support that type of thing yeah so, and even more so yeah. it's just nice to do something with music um yeah. to actually play a gig like and the fact that um you know to me that was that was absolutely fantastic and the fact that it was for a good cause as well kind of made it even better so it's sort of double a double whammy of you know of good feels um, yeah to play i mean hopefully people cause. can still access it even after the the date they can just pay the I think the, the festival on for two weeks isn't it yeah so they can like, just pay a fiver should... and watch it in the future maybe we'll drop a link yeah, we'll drop a link yeah. in, the, in the description. So if you guys want to have a listen to our, mm. our gig that we did with the wonderful uh, Bex and Cheyenne, then uh, make sure you check it out. It's really, really good. Yeah, we'll link them in the in the description as well. Uh, yeah. What else have you been up to this week? Anything else? I think that's was been that, the... was, was that Was that your highlight? Yeah, that was the highlight of my week, like literally playing music with other people in, in this in this weird, this weird, just the weirdest time to be a musician of any sort. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I think another one of, I mean, I've had some, I mean, I've been listening to loads of new music this week, just like digging into that Another Sky record even more. Um, and it's, it's so much to uncover there. Um, but I think another highlight of my week is finding them. Um, uh, did, did I tell you, did I, I did send it to you. This is cover of um, Still Feel Like Your Man by John Mayer. Yes. <laughs> but by, but, but out of all people, by the group The Temptations. Yeah, as in that was the temptations, as in as in my girl. Yeah, yeah, so, my girl temptations. Oh, it was hilarious. I, I, I thought that was. Just, I came across it, and I was just. I think I came across it in like a John Mayer fan group, John mm. Mayer bond, but you know, and I just found it so funny because they're not a group that you think would still be around. Mm. I, I I looked into it a bit further, and they still have one person from the original lineup in the band. Um, I forgot his name, but from the original group, The Temptations. The original 1960s you know, the, Temptations. I'll be spent so much time trying to, well, not trying to, <laughs> just um, admiring the, the amazing yeah. music video to My Girl. But the, the, uh, the, the grasping at the quick, like, yeah. grasping of their Temptations. Oh, can, can you can you do it for the camera, please? Huh? Like, well, that, what's the line um, in it? 
I got so yeah yeah so I got so much honey the bees envy me <laughs> grasping at like imaginary honey oh, uh, incredible. what a video we need, to what st- we need to start the show with that or something <laughs> we need to break yeah <laughs> even there's nothing to do with cover songs which is what we want to talk about today but yeah you know unless that but I, I mean think, did, did, did they even write that song I don't even know um, I think it's interesting with like a lot of the Motown stuff because depending on the artist, uh, it, uh, they were given a, a various amount of creative freedom. Like I know that Stevie mm. Wonder, when he was Stevie Boy Wonder, um, he was allowed to write his own songs. Um, but a lot of other people, they're like it was it was more of a creative like collective almost. And so like you'd write a song, but it wouldn't necessarily be performed by you. Um, yeah. So a lot of the songs had writing credits by other people or they were covered by one person then taken on by another person. Mm. Like Respect, for example, Aretha Franklin, that's not actually her song. It was Otis Redding's originally. Yeah. I mean, um, is, is, that, is that even a cover though? Because it, it's kind of weird. You cover the song, like you have the song, obviously you have the song and the recording in, in the music business. And I guess you can you can cover both really. You can cover the original composition or however it was intended. Um, mm. What um, it's called chords and lyrics and bars and time signatures and all that but then you can also have the you can cover the recording version of it later mm. on so say you have um smooth criminal by michael jackson you can cover smooth criminal from um did it come out on the record bad i think it came on bad it was yes. on bad yeah so you can cover... I only have it on a greatest hits album that i had when i was a kid uh, pretty sure it's bad but anyway they um trust you <laughs> yeah you can cover that version that was produced on the record or you can cover the alien and form version which is the the punk pop version of it <laughs> and, yes but but at this may, maybe if you're covering the alien and form version you're covering both the recording and the song so it's like a it's like a, you almost you cover both you know <laughs> yeah i don't know what this hand version is but you know that, that's covering both Co- covering yeah covering well, both it's not, I, um, I don't a tunnel yeah, no. anyway I, th- I think it's interesting with certain songs because um they do lend themselves to being covered um or they've been covered so many times that sort of it's there's there's not necessarily like a crystallized like a definitive version of the song anymore mm. um and so then it, it's it, it, it kind of it adds and takes away the pressure i think because mm. in a way you there's a pressure to put your own original spin on the song um and obviously if you have more versions there's there's less wiggle room in terms of what you want to do with it but at the same mm. time it means you could like also because so much has been done with a certain song the pressure's kind of off as well like for mm. example we were talking about the girl from Ipanema yeah. um I can't remember I, um I think it's, it's like Frank the second Sinatra most it's, it's the second most covered song of all time according to the Adam Neely video really um, okay yeah he put out like a 30 minute video analyzing why why it's creepy like harmonically what, why it's why it's oh yeah oh it's yeah. hella creepy like the like the yeah. um there's loads of um it's like major seven flat five chords um if you guys don't know what a major seven flat five chord is i have my god i have my guitar with me and we've lost all the non-musician which is kind of handy (laughs) so basically like sorry a dominant seven so you've got that Mm. kind of chord which is the Mm. which sort of counts kind of bluesy but then like the the dominant seven flat five is that like which has got like a really kind of weird like that hits the spot yeah, exactly. And like, I think it has, because um, it's in F originally, you have that like. But then like the whole like mm. turnaround is then like, when you do like the three, six, two, five, one, like it's basically like, it's that. And then it just moves mm. down. So you get like. Oh God. Not so, like, I, think it just, it, I think it puts <laughs> off a lot of people mm. in terms of like, 
just harmonically, it's kind of a bit yeah. of a weird song. So I would I would agree with that uh, statement. Yeah, I mean, do we need to even do we need to frame it around? We're, we're going to talk about cover songs if it wasn't obvious from the title of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I think that's the yeah. They said it was. He said it was the second most covered. I, I actually don't even know what the most covered song of all time is. What um, would you What would you like it to be? What would I like it to be? Like, if like oh, cynically, God. what what would you what would you like cynically. it to be? Cynically, I would want it to be a Stevie Wonder song. That's not superstition. Um, yeah, because like um, the the cynic in me would say it's got to be something like that. I, I think it's like superstition by Stevie Wonder um valerie by amy winehouse or mm. like wonderwall by oasis at least in terms mm. of like western like uk music like yeah. every single open might not have been to where I've, I've i've been like guested on someone else's set they've been like oh mm. do you know valerie and it's like yes yes i do because yeah. <laughs> like everyone covers valerie at some point yeah. i mean that, that, that's like how do you even measure that like surely if bach wrote music like centuries ago and it's been interpreted over centuries and surely more humans have covered Bach over, or certain Bach pieces over the years than people would have covered Valerie. That's a very good point. And I or, guess it depends not, on like maybe. what, I don't know. it depends what you mean mm. as a cover as well. Like, would you yeah. define a cover as just like someone covering a song like anywhere? Or would mm. you call it like an actual published version of a song so that it's, mm. it's purchasable or downloadable or listenable, not yeah. in a live setting? Yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, I mean, at a, on a basic level, it literally just means when you're playing a song that you didn't write yeah. or interpreting something you didn't record. So even if, if me and you sat in a room and played, um, I don't know, um, a song. Bigger than my body. Yeah, any song. Uh, <laughs> then that's not that's not a Leo Kelly G song. Yeah. And that's technically a cover. So, yeah. Maybe maybe recorded versions. Maybe he was talking about that, recorded versions. Yeah. Um, but, I guess yeah, also in terms of the ease of like, understanding also like recorded versions make more sense as well mm. yeah i mean then you some, can like yeah i mean do, do you think do you think they sort of um like when they get covered a lot you kind of get big sick of them but as it's it's like what do you i guess you can just personally feel sick of the song like say if you're a function musician you gotta play you gotta play dancing in the moonlight you gotta play superstition valerie mr brightside like literally every single event <laughs> Yeah, and, um, so you get sick of it that way. But for that person who probably maybe only consumes a bit of music, suddenly hears Mr. Brightside's their, their favorite song ever, then it's you know, it's um it's great, and they want to hear it at every single wedding they go to, the, the one wedding they go to a year, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. But I think yeah, yeah I, that's, I guess that's I guess we're not really talking about like, but but we're talking about like the quality, right? We we, we kind of mm. wanted to go into because what what makes like a good cover song. Yeah, um, exactly. I guess a good question to maybe like start with be would be why do you think that people cover songs? Why do we cover songs? Like why do, why do, why uh, do we take something that someone else has created and go I'm going to do that as well? Um as opposed to I'm just going to run yeah. my own something, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's no one single purpose. But No, obviously there's loads of different reasons, but like I can think of a few which yeah. are kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, the obvious first one that I think of is just to like perform some sort of entertainment and you don't necessarily have to have written the, all the songs. Like if you're a classical musician, you make a career out of interpreting all types of um, chamber music. You, mm. you literally never have to write anything in your life. Maybe for your music theory 
um, ex- examination or something yeah, like that. Composition you, exam, yeah. Where you make like 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 the worst melodies of all time. Um, mm. um, but yeah, literally, literally just, for, just for just for entertain just just for entertainment purposes, really. You know, it's, mm. a, it's, it's a business for for those people. Yeah, um, it's it's their it's their income. You know, it's their life. I think I think classical music is an interesting one because. The, obviously it's a cover that's the whole kind of the, the whole point of it's you're playing music from the classical period or the various classical periods depending on who you're who you're covering um mm. yeah. or interpreting you, you, but if it was so we, weird we, isn't we, it we to say like i'm gonna like cover. can you imagine if like it's just um, a performance of a like piece, you know? can you imagine if a classical composer sort of went up mm. like good evening ladies and gentlemen we're gonna play a few covers this evening i hope you enjoy it it's kind of like it's just yeah. such a weird dude like, that shostakovich cover was dope bro yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> like you just don't think of it in that way but obviously they are yeah. but obviously i think it 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 serves another purpose in terms of that kind of music because it's keeping the memory of that music alive for, for future generations it's getting new people to come you know to to build an appreciation of that music and it's similar for i would argue maybe maybe, maybe less so because i think jazz music obviously is it's still being you can still write new jazz music mm. um whereas obviously the classical music is from the classical period and so like it's you can't like go back in time and write more of it exactly whereas yeah, jazz it's, like it's still it's still a, a genre of music that is is developing and the whole point of jazz is to be kind of like out there and pushing the envelope of things hence mm. free jazz that we mentioned earlier <laughs> um i mean like, ultima- i mean ultimately sorry i was gonna let you yeah maybe finish your point i was just gonna say that like it's so and, and similar to a lot of uh, a lot of artists that sing in a particular style that michael buble is a really good example as well he sings mostly covers he's mostly a cover i know he's got some original stuff and he sort of comes out of his um his hibernation cave to release a christmas album every year of stuff and then sort of goes back in again i mean i'm pretty sure months. it's the same but... christmas album every year it's just <laughs> you just rediscover it and it's like oh that exists. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! It's yeah. Michael Bublé. Yeah. Um, Christmas album like a whole another months. thing. We should probably not go into, but that's another cover landscape. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um. But the, but like but his his sort of shtick, as it were, is that he's um, sort of a modern version of like a 1950s crooner, and like there mm. are some really good interviews and um, videos on YouTube that are worth checking out where he talks. He impersonates or talks about how to oh. imper- how he impersonates <laughs> other Love that artists. Video. Like he talks about like how Elvis Presley uses his sort of really sort of fast vibrato and sort of mm. drops his um his sort of vocal box his vocal box his voice box down um and sort of he talks about Dean Martin as well and just he sort of like mm. so so in a way it's 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 keeping that kind of style of music alive. Another really good example mm. um which is completely sort of off the scale is Tommy Emmanuel um who's oh. an amazing acoustic guitar player yeah um but he is a lot of his sort of he, he writes original music and it's absolutely amazing if you're an acoustic guitarist and you want to sort of be brought down a few pegs or just be really depressed for a couple of days just listen to tommy emmanuel he's absolutely phenomenal but um but he covers uh chet atkins uh he covers Mel travis and he covers a lot of things that like he does like a beatles medley he does a Jimi hendrix medley i love that beatles um, medley the beatles medley is phenomenal but it means that for people who are unfamiliar with the beatles for example i know it's obviously it's it's at least for, for for people that I know in my social circle, it's very uncommon for people to have not heard of the Beatles. But my fiance works in a in a uh, secondary school, and she said that there are kids now who are you know eleven, twelve years old who haven't heard of Queen. They don't know who the Beatles are. So like, if mm. they go to a concert like that, it's 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 keeping that music alive for them. And Mel Travis, for example, like I would never have heard of Mel Travis had I not listened to Tommy Emmanuel and Chet Atkins. Is that in yeah. the same way? Like the person who wrote Mr. Sandman, the person who wrote. 
um, yakety axe or yakety sax as it is when it's played with the saxophone. Like all these amazing tunes that are kept alive by people like Tommy Emmanuel. Um, I guess it's another purpose for a, it, it's another purpose for cover music that is goes beyond just playing good songs. Like the songs yeah. themselves are sort of bigger than the artist who wrote them. It's kind of like these songs need to be mm. kept alive in one way. You know. Yeah, I find that really interesting because you have these artists. Maybe it's just that's what defines a good and a bad cover, or it completely isn't. But you have, say, say um, Michael Bublé. You he sings these songs, and then you go find the original versions of the jazz songs. That's an option. You don't have to do that <laughs> to yeah. appreciate the songs. No, no pressure. At the same time, no you don't have Michael you don't Bublé. have to listen to Chet Atkins to appreciate Tommy Mano's cover of Chet Atkins. Yeah. But, um, but when does when does it become like okay that's really good, and then you have like say um, a cover that I really like and enjoy is like um, a cover of Torn by Natalie, is it, is it Natalie Imbruglia that she's yeah that Natalie Imbruglia yeah. and it's done by a, band, a pop punk band called Nekdi um, from Wales and it's like of all places and it's it, I mean I really like the cover from, as a pop punk fan but. Mm. It's not like that, that. That's a different category of cover. I'm not going to be like, okay, I'm, now I'm going to check out Natalie Imbruglia, and it's going to be like discovering the world of Chet Atkins. It's like it's a completely yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So where do you? What's the scale? What's you know? <laughs> I was that, at this. You know, I was at this pop punk gig in Wales. Yeah, um, and that, that just inspired <laughs> and it opened me, me up to, become to the, the whole biggest... world of Natalie Imbruglia that yeah. I'd never experienced before. Yeah. I mean, that might be, in fairness, that might maybe, be the case for us. Um, you know, maybe it'll change someone's know. life. You, yeah, we can't rule out, you know, maybe yeah. Natalie, maybe we're missing out on Natalie and Brulier. <laughs> maybe we need to check out, we need to do a Natalie and Brulier deep dive at some point this week and oh, find some, uh, some some of the uncovered gems in her albums. Yeah. Sorry to any um, of her, um, any avid fans listening to this. Yes, if I, I, uh, I've, I've, I have nothing against Natalie and Brulier. I think she's great. Yeah. But obviously, like, to, to my mind, like, she's only known for... To, yeah. I, I only know her for Torn. Um, she has another song that's big, right? Um, I forgot what it was. It's not yeah. ironic, is it? Um, no, that's um, what's her name? Alanis Morissette. Yes, sorry. Um, she has another song. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll work that one out as we go. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I think I think a lot of songs do have that ability to yeah to make you discover some old tunes that yeah because ultimately the the artist who's covering it, especially on a recorded version that's commercially released. Um, it's more than likely something that they like and they is, it has inspired them, you know. Mm. Um, I guess that's 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 it, it's it's definitely a purpose yeah. of covering songs, but I think mm. there's, there's obviously there's two, there's two sides though. There's there's the artist and their appreciation of the song and, and them wanting to keep the legacy of that song as well as maybe their own it's their own career as well. But there's also well, there's also cover songs are done because it's what the listener wants to hear, you know, at the end of the day. It's it's um, like covering Valerie. It's because people want to hear Valerie at mm. a wedding, you know. Um, yeah, I guess so, also not even not even just dichotomy. Yeah, not even just in terms of wedding and function bands. There are people who make careers mm. on YouTube as cover artists. Boise oh, yeah. Avenue is a really good example. Who's they, got? They were the OGs. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where you know, like I'm not necessarily interested in original music that Boise Avenue writes. Like I just mm. like his covers and he's obviously yeah. famous as a cover guy um people make entire careers on youtube just doing covers like scary pockets and pompa moose and um was it a postmodern jukebox that was a massive thing you know mm. they just reinterpret songs as other genres and 
Exactly. And I guess that's the other, that's another side of covering a song, isn't it, as well? Like if you feel you have an interpretation of a song that, that you'd like to add to it or a different spin that you can put on it, either stylistically mm. or, well, it's mostly stylistically, but I guess you can sort of add a different meaning if you sort of add a certain style to a certain song. You can, if you have, for example, I can't, um, I'm not going to pick something, sort of, but like if you have a song that is, say, um, has like happy lyrics, for example, you can mm. play it under something sad or more, um, you know, sort of ominous and it's sort of the dichotomy between the two sort of gives the song a different depth or again, sort of sad songs with happy um Cause yeah. obviously put it really really basically it just adds an interesting level of depth that you wouldn't necessarily sort of have before yeah um, scary pockets i'm waiting for that funk phoebe bridges cover give it to me man oh i'd <laughs> love that so much such a phoebe bridges fan um <laughs> but like i was i was actually watching a really interesting um uh version of so it wasn't a version it was a uh, episode of uh cory wong's what well, sorry one of cory wong's videos on youtube where he was talking about the creation of the song bluebird yeah. Um, which he did with Chris Teeley. And sure. he was saying that, like, um, he actually originally wrote that for, um, as, as like a horn head, a horn piece, and to have it as a horn heads arrangement. Mm. Um, and because obviously in lockdown, he wanted, um, the availability of music is a bit less. He wanted to sort of try, try it acoustically instead. So, like, yeah. you can almost do not a cover of your own song, but there are different arrangements of a song to give that kind of different sense of musical feeling. Mm. I think a really good example is um, not of someone covering their own song, but if you listen to um, I, I Will Always Love You, um, obviously made really, really famous by Whitney Houston in The Bodyguard. And uh, Yeah, and there are memes, you know, there's that, um, the thing of that kid like being hit by the spinning thing and just being like, and, uh, <laughs> and like flying away. Um, but the original song is, um, is a Dolly Parton song and it's like, it's, mm. it's, it's a lot quieter and it's sort of, it's got a nice harmonica part to it and it's sort of, it's... Um, you know the the, con, the 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 lyric "I will always love you" can obviously be reinterpreted for different situations as well. In terms of like, I can't remember what the situation mm. is in the bodyguard, but obviously, originally with Dolly Parton, it was um, she uh, left her original manager, and so the mm. song was written to her manager um, to say like, you know, I'm moving on, but I will always love you because of you know, obviously all the stuff that he did for her. Yeah, and so like um, songs can be reinterpreted that way as well. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I love that when it's like people find out songs i mean we've been talking about it but yeah people find out songs are actually recorded or written by other people um and through but yeah it, it's like such a definitive version that you don't really think of like you think of the recording more than the composition you know like yeah. with um like with prince's nothing compares to you um, yes um people loads of people wouldn't i mean I, I guess it is common knowledge that it is prince wrote that song for what's her name sinead o'connor Sinead O'Connor. Um, Nothing. Oh, such a good yeah. song. But the Prince version is like freaking amazing as well. Yeah. Um, you have people writing for other people. Uh, yeah. Writing I mean, a song for them. Yeah. He's... Loads of stuff is written by other people. You know, like all that Motown stuff. I mean, a lot of it was written by the artists themselves as well, but um, a lot of it was written by other people as well. Yeah. Mm. A really good example mm. of that um, uh, is Carol King and James Taylor. Oh yeah, of they, course. Uh, <laughs> you know they they they, yeah. they started off as songwriters. Mm. I can't remember which record label they wrote for, but they they literally they would just churn out songs mm. for other people. Um, yeah, and yeah. oh, who's the other one? Um, Burt Bacharach and Hal David as well, mm. um, who wrote for the cut. Like they did. Um, oh, what's the song? Close to you by the Carpenters, mm. and like so many other hit songs from sort of like the 60s and the 70s they were like a, like um Burt Bacher wrote, would write the music and how David would write the lyrics mm. um and so they were like a writing duo that sort of worked with a lot of artists as well yeah. um 
absolutely prolific like both oh. like all four of them uh, Car- um, James Taylor and Carol King as well mm. I think what's what I find quite interesting with them with covers as well is kind of like it's it's a it's a timing thing um that uh a lot of uh, I was trying to think of a, one of those songs that um that came to mind sort of with the whole um the surge in the Black Lives Matter movement this year that a lot of songs that were sort of famous or made famous in the original civil rights struggle in the late 1960s the fact that like a lot of the things are still prominent now sort of it, it adds a, a mm. sort of a, a, a haunting weight to a lot of the songs as well if you if sure. you know if certain songs are covered at certain times it can really just capture the you yeah. know the voice of a certain time or things like that like what's going on by marvin Gaye, for example like yeah was relevant then and you could argue is still relevant now mm. um and so like i think that's that's it's another reason to cover a song as well is that like if the message of the song sort of can you know, like almost cu- it cuts yeah. cuts through you know like mm. another um as I'm, I'm, I'm it's it's less so in terms of the black lives matter movement but blown in the wind uh the bob mm. dylan song like sort of the one that's the you know sort of the nine like there are nine questions in the song and it's this absolutely and they're they're such sort of powerful questions but like even now the questions are still relevant so like i think i think bob dylan is he's an interesting one as, in terms of covers because i think he's almost more famous for his covers Mm. than he is for his originals um like Uh, i've not listened to that much bob dylan but i know so much of his music vicariously through listening to other people's versions like Jimi hendrix adele um peter paul and mary bob Mm. dylan dave matthews band like so many people have covered bob dylan songs um Mm. because of how poignant the lyrics are and because you know they still hold a weight today and they sort of they're almost they're not they're not devoid of the time they're written in but like the questions and and the, the themes are Mm. they're so broad that they're almost applicable at any time which is really really interesting yeah or um or like denzel car recovering rage against the machines killing in the name and you're just like what yeah (laughs) yeah exactly that still valid today it's 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 such a it's such a wonderful world and it's like we obviously where we we write songs and stuff and and a lot of our favorite artists write and perform their own music which is um I, I guess it is a sort of like a 20th century thing. Like you don't have, I mean, I guess you have classical composers writing the music and then, um, and then they get an orchestra to interpret it for them because they literally can't play all the instruments. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, um, but that's not really a cover, I guess. Um, but, oh, what was my point? Oh, yeah. So, so it's just an interesting world of like just cover like it is such a huge part of music that you don't really maybe maybe i underestimate the the size and the just the the amount of output there has been from cover music over like just reinterpreting music is just it's just a huge thing you know mm. yeah whereas sometimes you're just like oh it's just it's just a cover you know it's just a cover of that song um Whereas covers are, you know, they, they make or break careers sometimes or people's yeah. livelihoods. Like you can make an entire career out of playing covers. Um, I think it's it's also a way of um, of sort of putting you in a similar ballpark to other people. Like as a as a songwriter and, and, a, mm. and a performing musician, if I play at an open mic night, for example, um, mm. when you have you have three songs to sort yeah. of state your case. Um, I kind of part of me likes to play a cover to begin with to sort of say okay well like I'm like I'm similar to this sort of artist so like I, like, I really love doing mm. you can call me Al for example because I'm a really big mm. Paul Simon fan but it's then it's kind of like check it on YouTube <laughs> it's it's very it's a very old cover it's like six years old now um mm. 
but like uh it, it puts you in that sort of ballpark and like when, when we do um so if for sorry for those of you who don't know johnny plays in my band as well he's a um, fantastic bass player um in the lkg band and um we do a lot <laughs> but we do um we do quite a lot of Theo Katzman covers because again, it's sort of like, he's another singer songwriter sort of in the same sort of vein. Mm. So like it puts you in not, not necessarily a musical conversation, but like mm. in a way it can, if you can, if you can do a song justice and cover it, it almost puts you on a similar level to the person you're covering. Yeah. Another like really you, good... you're, you're trying to get deep into the song. You're trying to grasp like exactly what they got in that song, you know, where, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of darts they threw. And yeah i don't know where this dart analogy came from <laughs> and like yeah get it as well i mean mm -hmm. i guess uh, to that point i guess a even just learning how to do music play music learn music um it usually comes from learning reinterpreting music in the yeah. first place you're not gonna start learning guitar and be like okay i'm gonna compose like the greatest yeah. guitar piece of all time <laughs> out of nowhere and, i'm just gonna I'm start not, i'm not gonna learn any blues you know who who, who is bb king you know like um, um it's so, a good it's a good point so yeah i guess for, for anyone to pick up music you're gonna have to quote quote cover something whether you yeah. cover it to release it as a commercially released recording or make a composition that will last centuries because of multiple reinterpretations of it is another thing. Mm. Um, or just physically as like, as like um, kinesthetic research mm. or harmonic research. Like if you yeah. want to learn guitar and you want to learn chords, like learning them in a progression that's already in a song is quite mm. useful. Um, yeah. You know, and I don't know about, I don't know like about you and I've, I know you started learning music a lot earlier than I did, but part of the reason that I, I that what drove me to music in the first place was the desire to Desire to be David what, Sides. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> That's another. We're, we're, we're getting deep into Leo's musical past here. Leo's if, musical anyone, past. if anyone doesn't know, David Sides was one of the OG YouTube piano cover. Yes, um, he was. Channels. Uh, and I covered guy. loads of his stuff when I was sort of twelve and thirteen years old. Yeah, so there's before, a, there's a there's a Kiss Kiss cover before, by before Chris, Chris Brown. Brown is if you want to do a cancelled. deep dive into YouTube, uh, <laughs> and there's also a far away cover by Nickelback on piano as well, which is a, a horribly out of tune piano that we we got from our friends in Lancashire. So like it was travelled all the way down the M1, bumped <laughs> around. It got we took it in. It was horribly out of tune, but obviously persevered. Mm. Um, but Great. yeah, one of the reasons, you know, like that was part of the reason that I thought drove me to music in the first place was a desire to emulate what I was hearing and the desire to, you know, to play it as well and to be able to replicate it. And so like, mm. I think it's almost a natural progression of someone learning an instrument yeah. is you're going to learn to cover something at some point as opposed to compose all your own material from nothing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's also, and, and I guess it also comes from like, it's not like Bach had nothing to go on before he wrote music, you know? So it all yeah. comes from interpreting the past and how much you want to interpret because you don't have you literally don't have to interpret anything to be able to make music I, yeah but you have to interpret something exactly yeah uh, but at the same All time right. i feel like nowadays there's also just like covers that it's not really like you have to like have a deep knowledge to interpret it you know it's mm. like i'm sure neck deep knows about pop music but they didn't they didn't have to learn that from torn you know no exactly <laughs> um and um but then there, there are some that are, you know, that are foundational. Like you can mm. see that, you can literally see where they get their sound from. It's like D'Angelo covering Prince, who is, he just mm. absolutely idolizes. So she's yeah. always in my hair. He's done other Prince covers. And, and um, 
Sometimes it snows in April. The very yeah. touching one at Prince's funeral. Um, well, I think it was on Jimmy Fallon's show, but yeah, it was it, Tribute, right after he died. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can literally see. Okay, he's, they're covering this person because they obviously were inspired by them by some way. Like mm. some of my favorites are. Um, I mean, Leanne Lahavis came up with Weird Fishes recently, which is um, did a cover of Weird Fishes by Radiohead. And yeah. that's not even like they were influenced. She was probably not influenced by Radiohead's sound specifically, yeah. but more maybe the songwriting and the, the chords or the melodies or, the, or even just the feeling that he that Radiohead were trying to tap into. Yeah. Mm. I think um, another one is uh, like, I think it's interesting as well because there are like sort of musical progressions as well like to take to go from Jimi hendrix for example which mm. is a kind of weird one because like he did so many bob dylan covers um yeah. like all along the watchtower is a bob dylan song hey joe mm. uh was written by the leaves originally i think so that's not mm. even a Jimi hendrix song um but like obviously little wing was his but then that was covered by stevie ray vaughan um, and everyone and everyone else as well um but like even john mayer does um like he's done boulder's love on continuum mm. as well and it's mm. almost like you know, oh, it's um, it's it's it shows it's it it touches on what I talk, what I was talking about earlier as well because mm. like if you if you cover a Jimi Hendrix song and you release it like in a way you're saying you know I want to be thought of in the in a similar way as Jimi Hendrix you know I want to be mm. in a similar conversation to Jimi Hendrix which I would argue someone like John Mayer and Steve Ray Vaughan you know you could put them in a similar like ballpark in terms of mm. you know best some of the best guitarists of their generations. Um, but it's also, you know, just a profound love for the music as well, I think. Because, you know, like if you're going to cover a song, like you've got to like it a decent amount, you know, to cover it kind of thing. Like if I yeah. were to cover, like to put a Paul Simon cover on a record that I did, like it would be on one hand, to, you know, to say, like, you know, like I would love to be thought of in a similar way. As, you know, I, whether it will happen or not, like I'd love to mm. be, you know, mentioned in the same breath as Paul Simon or something like that mm. as a songwriter. Um, but it's also a profound, you know, love for the music as well in terms of like, I've grown up listening to Paul Simon. Like it's part of my, you know, it's in my bones, like the, mm. the, the, the music because I've listened to it so much kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I think it's also interesting because there's also like, obviously these are covers that were inspiring and were good, but there are also covers where like, this should never have happened, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, this, there are quite a few know, of those as well. Um, at least, I mean, at I, least I, in our opinion, probably I, shouldn't have happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't might... really think of, these on the off the top of my head maybe that's just because i i like too much music mm. which is the downfall of my entire life but um the eternal musical fence sitter johnny chung yeah well not fence sitter i'm the no. eternal music stan -er. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um yeah i mean some people would argue i mean i love the the michael mcdonald versions of the motown songs there's <laughs> he's released not one but two, he's also released five Christmas albums, which are basically all cover songs. That's amazing. Um, and but yeah, two of his Motown cover albums. I mean, he he's very much influenced by um, like a lot of black music and Motown music and um, mm. blues music, um, which I think we ha there's a podcast called Sixteen Thirteen um, by the New York Times. Um, and one of the episodes goes into Sixteen Nineteen. Sixteen Nineteen. Sorry. Um, almost there for six years off <laughs> i think i think it's the date when yeah. the first um slaves arrived in america i think that's why 1619 ah, is important there you go 
1619. Go listen to that podcast. It's, it's incredible. It's amazing. Six um, episodes, six, best clearly, six hours of your life. It clearly made such an impact on me that I could remember the year that the slaves arrived in America. Was <laughs> but you remember Michael years. McDonald, and that's the main but, thing. But yeah, I remember Michael McDonald and how he was influenced by black music. Great, Johnny. Great stuff. You know, I'm going to post it on the internet. Anyway. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, some people would be like, oh my God, this is the worst thing. Like Michael McDonald is the cheesiest person. Like Michael McBublé, what is he doing covering... Michael McBublé. Michael McBublé. Um, there is, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Anker. Have I, have I told you about Paul Anker? No. He's like another, like, um, he's another Buble type, but maybe a bit less universally, not universally, a bit less controversially hated by, irrationally hated by people. Um, but he's done like these crazy covers of um, like Eye of the Tiger, but a big band version of it. <laughs> and, and, and just like people, will be, some people. I mean, as a jazz lover and as a lover of the song Eye of the Tiger, you know, mm. I, I'm like, sure, this is great, interesting. But some people will be like, what the hell are you doing? You know? Yeah, um, I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because like I think like, it it all comes down to interpretation and mm. sort of personal taste. I think. To me, something like The Eye of the Tiger, like it's a rock song. And so mm. to take it out of a rock context, unless it, like it'd have to be extremely special for me to appreciate it in the same way, I think. Yeah. And like as a big band version, for example, like, mm. um, it's like, good. It, like I Tell can't me. imagine I'll, I'll, I'll myself, you know, yeah. it's the Eye of the Tiger. Like, no, it's, um, you <laughs> it's know. good. I'll, I'll send it to you. Send it, send it over and change my mind, please. There, there was another, um, yeah, they did a couple other ones as well, but um, I'll send it to you. It's just hilarious, really. Yeah. I think um, the ones that sort of, I, I made a, I've, I've got like five here that like, I say bad cover songs in, in can I try and convince? Can I try and convince you that they're good? Please do, yeah. I, I, cool. I'm, I'm more than down for this. Um, and, I, and, I, and I don't mean bad as in like, they're, they're bad <laughs> musically. I just think personally mm. for me, I prefer the original. Um, oh. for reasons that I'll give. So the first one is um, Mad World by Gary Jules, mm -hmm. which uh, I know a lot of people really, really like and lots mm. of bassists on YouTube like covering and doing crazy fret-tapped versions oh, of as well. Oh, is, he, is Gary Jules a bassist? No, 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 he's a singer. There's, there's, oh, there's, oh so, so, the original, it was written by Gary Jules? No, it was written by Tears for Fears. Oh, the okay. So the original is a Tears oh. for Fears song, but it's covered by Gary Jules and that, that mm. has become a version in itself that is... Mm um you know a lot more like it's a lot quieter and a lot more haunting and weirdly mm. enough even tears of fears prefer that version to their own but personally oh, like i i, I prefer mm. it as the as, as the big band original version um just because i think it has more of a sort of energy to it um mm. do you want to change your mind on that one um not really not i mean i, I kind of agree with you there but each to their own i think <laughs> again personal preference you know like mm. and it's it, it is a really nice piano song to learn as well um mm. And I did learn it when I was when I was growing up, um, despite right, preferring the original. Okay, that's me. one. Okay, the next one is uh, Mrs. Robinson, obviously a famous Simon and Garfunkel song from The Graduate, mm -hmm. covered by Lemonheads, which is a pop punk version of it. Never um, heard of it, but uh, I'm sure it's great. It's uh, I can't remember who showed <laughs> sure it to me, I'm but sure like, it's also horrible at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's one of those. Well, like, like I, I, I get it. Like, I think, mm. I think pop punk is 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 a it's a it's a beast unto itself. Um, you know, and it has its own its own sort of world and rules and everything. But like, I think there are some songs that like I just don't personally think fit. And I think like it's such an iconic song for so many reasons in the Graduate that like I think like Simon and Garfunkel is hard enough to cover anyway mm. um, because it's so iconic. But then can like you, to sort of can you appreciate that someone else might enjoy it? 
Yes, I can. I can perfectly. As, as I say, like this is only in my opinion. Like because you know, I feel I can like there, there appreciate is someone else might enjoy it. There is um, a line of thought where sometimes when these covers happen, and people are like, "This should never have happened, and no one should appreciate it." Yeah. Mm. Like no, no, one, no, no, no. Yeah. no. By all means, appreciate these songs. Like this is this is only my opinion that like, mm-hmm. and it's not that I don't think they're bad covers. They're just personally I prefer the originals. So. Mm. Like to take another example, like that I think is a fantastic cover is um, Vanilla Skies, uh, "A Thousand Miles," the Vanessa Carlton. Carlton cover, uh, thank you. I was going to say Vanessa Hudgens, but that's not no Vanessa gotcha. Carlton cover. But like they 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 put the piano riff onto an electric guitar, which is really really pretty, and and they 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 sort of make it heavier as well. And I think it's it's brilliant mm. and it really works. Um, mm. But with the um, with the Lemonheads one, it just kind of misses the point for me. Um, there's a Big Yellow Taxi by Counting Crows, mm. uh, which is an originally a Johnny Mitchell song. Definitely original, but very biased. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> I, yeah again like it's it might just you know again it, i think it depends on what you grew up listening to as well i could grow up listening to Joni mitchell and big yellow taxi and um mm. uh i'm sorry <laughs> you know when you sort of go to like like list off a load of Joni mitchell songs and then the mind goes blank oh. um but like big yellow uh, taxi <laughs> help me in case of you yeah um, exactly all those um coming on christmas uh and the circle game there you go they're all coming now but um but again, that might just be a case of like it being. You just you know, had to. Having, your brain was just loading the sheer amount of content. Like yeah, the, it's just buffering, the quality, it's just the, literal, the literature quality. You know, it's a big file size to load a Joni Mitchell song into. It's a big file size to load a Joni Mitchell song. Exactly. It's buffering. Yeah, both okay. sides now. It's another place. To, sorry, they're, they're just gonna they're just gonna pop up sporadically through the podcast now, um, <laughs> which I can Anymore? only apologise for. Anymore. Um, and the last one, I guess, would be uh, maybe the disturbed version of oh uh, no no that's not true the disturbed um, or the disturbed version of sound of silence of sound of silence <laughs> you're gonna change your mind um, on that one uh, again like this is this is from the perspective of a simon and garfunkel fan like a diehard simon and garfunkel yeah fan, but like you prefer the original yeah. i definitely prefer the original i think the disturbed version is great i think um, maybe some people put it up on a higher pedestal than it is. Like, it was, this is the greatest cover of all time, you know. <laughs> like, I, th- um, I think it has, I think it has mm. more hits on YouTube than the original. Oh, I don't doubt it. <laughs> which kind of blows my mind. Yeah. And personally, because then, like, mm. I can just imagine conversations where, mm. like, you type in "Sound of Silence." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, and like, it, Sound it of Silence has 630 Redwood. million hits yeah. on YouTube versus the original Sound of Silence, which has got 13 million. Mm, it's, uh, which is, which is just yeah. mind blowing. I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack there, but I think they, those can coexist, you know. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, as I say, they were welcome mm. to coexist, but person, they're, they're songs mm. that, like, I think I personally prefer the originals. Mm. Any more covers you want to shout out um, before we uh, uh, almost wrap it up with our. Uh, our final, our final th- thought question. Final little bit. Thought question. Um, you know, this is that's a great segment that I've just come up. With. Any more thought questions? Any more thought questions, as opposed to as, as opposed to <laughs> mouth questions, or you know, just. <laughs> um, what other fantastic covers have we got? I mean, there's like "Hallelujah" by Jeff Buckley, amazing mm. cover. Um, "I Shot the Sheriff" by Eric Clapton, um, really, mm. really good version. He plays it at Crossroads most years, and it's fantastic. Mm. Um, Respect is originally an Ooh. Otis Redding song, not an Aretha Franklin song. Oh, sorry, we mentioned that already. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, no, I don't think we did, but I think Stevie Wonder also has a version of Respect. <laughs> it's pretty good as well. Yeah, um, it, definitely. It's no Aretha Franklin, but you know, 
Heard It Through the Grapevine is actually uh, a Gladys Knight song originally. Oh. Um, actually, I, I, think, I think I do know that because it's in this um, James Jameson bass book. That I have. And, it, and I started playing it and I was like, I wanted to play, the, play it to the Marvin Gaye version. And then it was actually a transcription of the Gladys Knight version. I was like, oh, okay, I got to find the Gladys Knight version. Mind, play mind blown. Yeah, that's how I found out, which is quite interesting. Um, and I guess the last one that uh, that always always comes up is um, "Dancing in the Moonlight" um, by Top Loader, which is originally a King mm. Harvest song. That one's interesting because I think, like, it's uh, at least to my mind, and and again, it, I guess it depends sort of with, with a lot of the covers and um, like sort of how you experience them when you're born as well. Like if you're born in uh if if you were born say like pre adele and you know like make you feel my love from bob dylan then like mm. hearing that is always going to sound like a cover whereas like yeah. if you hear the other one first then obviously you get used to that and then hearing the original then sounds strange fair like yeah. i listened to to, to to dancing in the moonlight by king harvest after having listened to top loader for years and it just sounds really strange now like Still listening to though. it yeah. <laughs> um but obviously people like mm. you know for whatever the space was between top loaders coming out and king harvest that was the song and that was the yeah. version of the song and then all of a sudden this other one sort of comes along and you know usurps it and gets used in all the yeah almost like <laughs> in exponential all the wedding, in all the function band songs yeah. ever in the uk at least that i've that i've most of the ones that i've played it's a dj song or at least or a song that you play yeah cool couple couple i want to shout out before we move on yeah got us um on. i've got um a recent version of our green song take me to the river which was um covered by talking heads um, incredible cover. Um, it's also like a like not the direct, not a direct sort of thing you think would happen. Unexpected, you know, Un- unexpected collaboration. And that's really good. Shout that out. Um, Leanne Havas. Um, she also has a Aretha Franklin cover. I say a little prayer. It's really really good. Um, also PJ Morton's How Deep Is Your Love, which we performed together With before. Yeah, yeah, love that's that fantastic. version. Love both versions. Yeah, yeah. Featuring Yeba. and. Uh, yeah, and just check out every single cover that Stevie Wonder's ever done because everything he's touched is good. <laughs> uh, cool. We should probably wrap up in a sec. I'm trying to keep these, keep these Slightly pods, shorter. you know, bites rather than um, um, buffets. You know, it's not a yeah. sonic buffet. It's, it's not a sonic, sonic bite. It's not a sonic meal. Um, it's a sonic bite. Um, okay, so let's let's go with. Um, so we've got a question here. Um, what are like two two things that you would like? Um, to happen in how do I phrase this question like, like an artist you'd, that... uh, an artist you'd like to see cover another song like what, what's what's a what's a cover what's like two or three covers you'd want to you right, want to okay. happen yeah whether they, um, they will happen or not you know? I would love to see someone like Theo Katzman do a Kesha cover would be really really interesting ah, she's actually he's actually written those a song no he's recorded and i don't think he co-wrote he recorded a song with kesha once oh he did backing vocals um, didn't he yeah it's like backing vocals and maybe a bit of actually i think it was just backing vocals so so yeah. so, so that that is they they, they they've they've had contact mm. so that's that's possible potentially yeah yeah okay okay i can say okay yeah. Any, um, anything else and then i would love to see we talk so much about guitar on this uh channel obviously as a guitar player that kind of makes sense makes um sense. But I'd love to see someone like I'm just trying to think of um, all the really good piano players at the moment who are sort of around, um, like like Gavin DeGraw, for example. Like I'd mm. love to see Gavin DeGraw do like a Billy Joel cover or something. Mm. Like scenes from an Italian restaurant by Gavin DeGraw would be a really 
completely yeah. out there and like i don't know if people would like it but it'd be interesting to see sort of like some of the older music being carried on through the legacy of sort of younger artists mm. and sort of people coming up as as musicians and singer-songwriters and so sort of doing both of them fair what about you what are two um two um, covers that you'd love to see one from... dream cover i'd love to see is um the national cover something off the taylor swift album. kind of 80s <laughs> That's happened already. No, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, but although that would be amazing. That would um, be kind of cool. I'd, I'd love to see them properly two, record. Two octaves down. <laughs> like properly record um, a Talking Heads song or something. Um, I'm going to keep talking about Talking Heads. but um, They did a version of Heaven in London. I didn't go see it, but um, a couple of years ago. That's on YouTube. And it's like, I've got this like a grainy fan footage of it. And um, the song Heaven is just like the perfect song for the national cover to, to cover. So I'd love to see them because now I know that they appreciate the song. I feel like that can happen. You know, maybe maybe they won't be inspired to do it, but I feel like I just want to have a good studio quality version of that. That would be amazing. Um, and I'd, I'd love to see Wolfpack just cover even more songs. I think <laughs> I think Wolfpack's <laughs> definitely just they they do a lot of covers live. Um, a lot of quite um, yeah, like just well known Motown songs, and that's yeah. that's the era that they're very much influenced by. Um, also, so, like their, their cover of um, something in the way she moves as well by the Beatles, oh, yeah. I really, really like. Yeah, <laughs> with a harmonized guitar yeah, solo with, in the middle, uh, with a Bernard Purdy on the drums. With Bernard Purdy on the drums. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'd love to see those. I mean, um, I mean, I, I also just want to be surprised. I think. With, yeah. Um, and just surprised with the quality of it, and also, um. Also, just I, I guess the whole point is just to just to be aware of the things that are happening, you know, uh, being mm. aware of of the the context of people covering songs, and um, I feel like it gives me a greater appreciation of both the artist that's covering the song, and also the original the songs that they're covering themselves and giving it an extra life. You know, every time someone covers a song, I think there's so much power there because it it almost extends the lifespan of a composition or of a recording. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's that's the magic there. You know, if if we're to if we're to conclude on anything, absolutely. Mm. And long may the songs continue uh, with new life each time. Yeah. Um, I guess the last thing would be uh, so. Which uh, are your favorite cover songs? Uh, let us know in the comment section below. Uh, which cover songs do you think uh, that you're not such a fan of? Let us know those as well. If you think yeah, we're the missed. worst, we want to hear the best and the worst, and there's no um, in between. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Best cover ever or worst cover yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this is especially in this age of like it's just, just so true. It's like best or worst covers. It can't be anything. Yeah. Like, oh, if, that was if, all right. If like, politics are extremists, so are opinions. The worst. Um and yeah. also what are your dream covers and songs that you'd love to hear covered by other artists? Uh let us know all of them in the comments section below. Uh because uh, we'd love to make a list. Uh just, in just message me. I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, let us know. I'm kidding. I'm fine. You got me, it's fine. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Sonic Bites. If you liked what you heard, give us a like or follow us on Spotify, Anchor FM, or wherever you get your podcasts. And leave us a comment at YouTube at Leo Kelly G Music, Instagram at Sonic Bites, and Twitter at Sonic Bites Pod. We'll have a new episode coming soon, so stay tuned.